You are listening to the Testudo Times Podcast Network. Hey guys, and welcome to the latest edition of the Testudo Times Outtakes Podcast. I'm your host, Lila Bromberg, here with Matt Levine. And today we're joined by someone who we've been wanting to have on the podcast all year. We're with the one and only Scott Van Pelt. What's going on? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, it's a snowy, gross day in Connecticut, and uh, I'm hanging out talking to a couple of young Terps. I'm, uh, I'm happy to be with you guys. It's my pleasure. Yeah, thanks so much. We appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule. So first off, I have to ask, I know I have some memories. Matt does as sports journalist. You know, it's fair to say we all have, you know, a few memorable experiences covering games. For you, when you were at Maryland as a student, are there some, you know, favorite memories you can point to from your time here? As far as covering games, no, I didn't do it. I, 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 uh, when I gave the commencement address um, to the um, Merrill College Journalism, I explained they were taking advice from someone who couldn't get into the college they were graduating from. <laughs> so I, uh, I wasn't a journalism student. Um, I was in a, uh, radio, television, and film, which is a, a, a line of study that no longer exists. The, uh, the people like me came out of that, and they're like, All right, we don't need that anymore. Um, it's actually funny. John Orand, who's uh, does a great job for Sports Business Journal, was was an RTBF um, uh, student as well. But I mean, uh, I didn't do it. Um, you guys, and this is what I always tell people that I meet that are if you're doing play by play or you're writing or you're doing something covering sports right now, you're way, way, way farther down the line than I was because I didn't do it. I went to zillions of games. Um, but I just I went as a student. I did not go in any sort of official capacity. Do you have a favorite one that you went to as a student that stands out the most? Um, we, uh, my gosh, there were I. It, it's funny. It's weird what sticks out. I I, I went to a game once. Um, against against Georgia Tech, Len Bias was there. Um, and Maryland lost. Georgia Tech had three pros. Maryland played incredibly well. And they missed like three shots. The, the Georgia Tech missed like three shots in an entire half of basketball. And one of the misses, they followed like a tip dunk. And Maryland played great, but they lost. Georgia Tech was like top five, but it was an incredibly high level of play. Um, but like my favorite, my favorite game of all um, as a student was Len Bias's uh, last game uh, against Virginia, and that was back during a time when, you know, like Jalen's a sophomore, you know, mm-hmm. and I think people understand that. You know, the NBA is going to be waiting for him, whether it's this spring, probably. But right. maybe you crush your Maybe if you got really lucky, he'd decide I like school and come back for a third. Len Bias was an All-American. He stayed for four years. And so Len's senior day was against Virginia. And um, he was just obviously the best player on the floor. And there was a scene where uh, it's funny how vivid I can see this right now. Jeff Baxter. Uh, it was a point guard for Maryland, threw an alley-oop to Len Bias. And Virginia called a timeout, and for the entire timeout, one half of the arena of Coalfield House screamed Len, the other half screamed Bias. And it just kept getting louder and louder, and, like, it was goosebumps. Um, he was he was that guy. He was truly a like a transcendent superstar athlete in a time when it was a different world, obviously. Um, but that, that senior day memory for me with Len is – is the one I've got, I've got a picture of it of him at the free throw line. Um, I mean, I could just, as I said, it was a hell of a long time ago, but I can still see it clearly in my brain. And we always hear about the impact that his death obviously had on 
the campus and you were a student at the time. So what kind of impact did it have on you and just being here when that happened? It's crushing. I mean, it was, it was crushing. And this is the thing that, you know, I mean, a guy, like somebody dies the way he died. And so it becomes, oh, like he was some drug fiend or whatever. No, he wasn't. That's, that's not what he was. It was a lack of understanding of what he was doing. um, That, among other things that led to his death. And I think it scared the hell out of people. Um, if, if they were, I mean, look, let's be honest. We, we know college students are going to, I mean, maybe you drink too much. Maybe you try this, you try that or whatever. I think it's, it, it frightened people um, a lot. I mean, a guy died, like a guy that looked like a superhero died because of that. Um, so I think it was one, it was a frightening thing where people thought, well, I'm not going to do that. But beyond it, it was just, it was just it was it was more crushing than I can explain because this was a person who, as I just just described, who was truly this this superhero, and he was gone like that. And it, I mean, it's the kind of thing that honestly, like even now, you, you ask people that were there at the time, the guys that played on the team. I mean, it's the kind of thing you don't ever really get over. So, is he your favorite player that you know ever played at Maryland? Hands down, hands down, and I say that with clear understanding that the entire 2002 team has a special place in all of our hearts. Cause of course the great Johnny holiday line, the kids have done it. You know, they won the title. I was there in Atlanta when they won, you know, and that whole team, you know, Juan Dixon was great, but so was Steve Blake. And so was, you know, Chris Wilcox and Byron Mouton and, you know, Nicholas and Randall, I can keep going. You know what I mean? There's just, um, Lonnie Baxter, obviously. And, uh, that, that whole crew obviously is on its own little, they had their own space, right? Because they won the one title Maryland's won. Mm-hmm. But, but if I'm starting a list, all right, if I got if we got a draft, and you say, you know, all right, well, we'll get to pick our favorite player, and Len Bias is number one for me. And uh, if he's obviously your favorite player, we'll flip to your favorite interview. Who's your favorite person that you've ever interviewed or worked with? In all of sports. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. If you had to pick one. Yeah. Oh man. This is hard. Uh, you can give multiple if you if you want. All right. Well, I mean, it's I've really been I've really been lucky to, to have a chance um, to talk to a lot of different people over over a lot of different sort of um, sport. I mean, it's not just all not just sports. I mean, you get a chance to talk to people. Uh, um, I did an interview in New York City that had nothing to do with sports. Uh, and it was a very sort of an intimate venue. And I interviewed Bono of U2, um, which was just mind boggling because this is like when I was in college, U2 was this, you know, this band that burst onto the scene. And, and they it's like the corny line about the soundtrack of youth. But they, you know, they were they became the, the world's biggest band. And so, you know, I'm sitting side by side with Bono in this in, in this venue in New York City. And um he had very kind things to say about the way the interview went when we were done, which, which was, you know, you love to hear that the person that you're talking to actually enjoyed the conversation. Um, so that was, I mean, you talk about memorable, like, I mean, I'll never, I'll never forget that. Um, but in terms of athletes, I mean, uh, when I talked to Tiger, uh, in 1998, after he had won the masters the year before, um, he really hadn't gone into detail the way he did in that interview of, of the 97 masters win. And the funny story behind that is I was told I had five minutes to talk to tiger and I said, all right. So I sit down and I got this yellow legal pad and I've got basically, I'm ready to roll. 
but it's, it's way more than five minutes. But but Tiger's re- Tiger's ready to roll too, and we start talking. Forty five minutes later, we're still going, and his agent at the time like l- truly wanted to end my life because I was getting him five minutes, and forty five minutes later, we were still going. But the agent's there to shut me off if Tiger wants to be cut off, but he didn't. Like he was into it, and that interview turned was supposed to be a segment in a show. It turned into its own half hour show. And it really, I kid with Tiger all the time and he likes to bust my chops when I say it, but like that interview changed my life because that interview put me on the radar of, you know, ESPN and whoever else, cause they didn't get that. Some guy from the golf channel did. And at the time the golf channel was sort of this small thing and I was nobody at all. Um, but, but that interview, he was great and he wasn't great. Because I was great necessarily, although he and I have a, a relationship where we can talk to each other easily. He was great because he wanted to be great, and he, it, and I imagine it's probably pretty cool to remember when you won the Masters by about a million shots, you know. And so he gave he gave great insight, and he doesn't always do that. Sometimes he just sort of gives you, you know, an answer that suffices, and then you move on. Um, he was brilliant. Um, I was whatever, and that that one was that that more than any other interview that I've done in my career sort of mattered in, in how the rest of it went. But I've been incredibly lucky. You meet interesting people um, and you just try to ask them questions that are interesting to them. Right. And when I saw you in Champagne, you know, hundreds of people were lined up to take photos, you know, with you. And now you've become kind of a sports icon. What was it like, you know, kind of transitioning into that and just getting recognized everywhere you go? I mean, you you were there, Lila. You saw like it's 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 a joke. I mean, I, I kidded at one point. I'm like this. I'm like Santa Claus in the mall. I'm standing there, and they're like in a line. And and, and but but here's the thing. And it, it's the same in college. I, you know what? It's not the same. College in College Park. It's different because I'm one of you. You know, like I think you guys, people are kind there, and and it's, I'm always appreciative of how people are so welcoming but it's different because i'm i'm there all the time i've never been to champagne in my life i don't know if i'll ever go back um and so it's it's insane that you can walk into that place and that the people are are that kind and excited that you're there um like i'll never get over the idea that that me showing up to champagne is some big deal worthy of them you know who gives a bleep right i'm just a guy from maryland um but I, I mean, like you, 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 we've met a bunch of times. I mean, I'm six six. I'm bald headed. I got glasses on. Like I don't blend into a crowd particularly easily. I kind of stand out to begin with. And so then, if you've seen the show, then it's like, oh, who's that? Oh, that's that guy. You know what I mean? So, um, and and the, I've always tried to describe it this way. Like I'm the kind of famous, like I'm not Brad Pitt famous, right? I'm not, um, I'm not Len Bias famous. Those get athletes musicians actors people like that like they're they're the kind of fame where you wouldn't want to go up to them because they you wouldn't want to bother them mm-hmm. i'm just that guy i want at midnight on cable tv i do sports and i'm just kind of your buddy i'm just sort of there to keep you company so there's this familiarity that people have with you where they don't mind coming up to you and i don't mind that they do um as long as they're polite you know, every now and then you get the drunk guy that thinks he's going to grab you. And like, I don't appreciate that. That's that's you wouldn't do that to somebody else. So don't do that to me. Um, but, you know, in Illinois, I just I couldn't get over it. I mean, it just kept going and going and going. And yeah. you were, I mean, it lasted like I got there an hour before the game and it didn't end before the game started. And that's when it finally stopped. Um, but 
I look at it like this. Uh, I, I'm a mirror and I try to project back whatever I get. And when people are kind and, and they're, and polite, then it's the least that I can do is try to reciprocate. Um, on the other hand, if you want to try to, you know, make it, you want to try to take your shot and like, you think I'm here to be the punchline for your joke or whatever. Well, I'll fire it right back at you because I didn't sign up for that. I mean, but that, that, that rarely happens. Um, but I guess the long this is a long way of just saying it's very strange and it it doesn't ever feel normal. Um, you just get kind of used to it. The worst thing that's ever happened is everybody has a phone. So we're you know now everybody and and like if like if it was the two of you and your best friends, it's not just one of you. It's we're going to take the one and then hold on. I need one with right. mine and then I need one with my phone. It's like can we just take the one and you can send it to each? No, no, no. And so it's always just one more, just one more. And I'm like, it's never just one more. It's, it's, at some point you got to go. Um, but I mean, if that's the worst of it, right. If that's what I, I have to deal with, well, is how big a burden is it? It's not a burden. Um, people are kind. I try to be kind back. Yeah. That was a cool environment. I hadn't been there either. It was, it was crazy. Cause we were se- seated right in front of a student section. It almost felt like a situation like you would have at Duke where we're just right on top of you. It was pretty crazy. I thought it was awesome. Um, I mean, and Maryland was down 14 and the building is out of its mind. And it like that place was loud, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, la- like loud, loud. And then it wasn't. And uh, <laughs> the, any team, as, as you guys know, will tell you, like the, the most satisfying thing in sports is to win on the road and to shut a crowd up. And they did. But it was an incredible building. Um, and it was a cool deal. It was one of those things where I was kind of like, do I go? Do I not go? And then coming back from there you're like i'm so glad i i took a trip and went to a place i've never been and 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 that maryland helped out with a win and made it a happy trip back <laughs> and you mentioned your show a little bit so we'll start talking there how did one big thing or the best thing i saw today how did that come about it's one of the most iconic segments on tv really so how did you start that one big thing i did on radio um i i did it i did a thing on radio where i did you know um I would, I would sort of, it was just, it, it was an exercise to write. Like I always tell people that do what you all are doing to, to write all the time. It's the most important thing you can do. And I don't mean you don't have to write for broadcast. Just write, just write to write, you know, write to take the things that are happening in the sports that you're interested in and figure out how to like, what do you think about it? Like today, the Astros thing, the Astros apologize and everybody's pissed off because they, they didn't seem like they were sorry because I don't think they are. All right. Well, how, what do I think and how do I write? What do I? How do I narrow that down to what's most important? Okay. Well, I'll probably do that. Um, so I started doing that on radio, and then I thought when the when the show started, I wanted to bring that over to uh, to television because I thought I thought it would work. Um, and it's just you know some of it's personal about my my Lila, my daughter. Uh, I've written about her. I, I shared you know about the loss of my father. I've used I've used it to be very personal because connecting to your audience is um, it's important. But I also use it to talk about stupid things like you know Halloween candy and whatever else. Like it can be anything. Or you know last night it was about Mel Tucker leaving Colorado to go to Michigan State and how that's kind of a big problem for the Pac-12. Blah blah blah. So I, I use it as a as a place to comment on whatever is interesting to me that day. And it's challenging because not every day feels like I have something I really want to go, you know, in depth on. Um, but it's, that's the, that's the challenge, right? That's the exercise forcing myself to try to figure out what I care enough about to write about. Um, 
best thing I saw is just like we're in a visual medium, and, and that that also is a kind of a catch-all, you know, right? Like it's a great dunk, it's a cool moment, it's one of those like a service man or or, or um, service woman comes back and meets and sees a family, and it's that video where you see it and you instantly go, man, that is awesome. Um, and somehow those never get old, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I know it's coming, and I'm always thinking, how do you not know that your dad's the catcher? You <laughs> know, like what do you? Why do you think you're out here? Uh, but, and yet that moment of, of, you know, when you see them together is never not this pure, beautiful thing. Um, and like one big thing, I don't know what it is every day, but it's just, I, I think we're in the business of trying to create content that people know is coming. Um, and then you're curious, oh, what was the, uh, you know, what's the best thing you saw? And then people begin, people that are out there in the world become your producers because they're like, oh man, you got to see this thing that happened tonight at this right. game. and. And, and, and I wouldn't have known it happened. And so when you create content that people know is like a placeholder in your show every night, they want they they want to participate in it. So it, it becomes this kind of collaborative thing. People can be occasionally people are in on it. Um, but that's that's the most challenging thing, I think, right now in our thing that we're doing is coming up with the content that people connect with and that people identify with you. And we've been lucky because whether it's that you know, those things, one big thing or the best thing I saw or bad beats, um, you know, people know that you're going to do it and then they kind of look forward to it. Um, and that's that I think when they happen organically, that's the best thing. Uh, it's the best way for them to happen. Uh, and we've been lucky with that, that, that that's that over the course of our whatever, four or five years here, we've, we've had a few of those things that sort of stuck. Right. And in terms of bad beats and just, you know, sports betting how has the progression of sports betting kind of changed how you approach your job especially with you know segments like that honestly it hasn't um like we were kind of a we were kind of ahead of the curve with that like right. i told them when, when when i i said listen we're gonna do a thing on gambling and there was no pushback i just explained look it's content and then you know one one person asked a smart question they said well if you don't bet why would i care so just watch the segment and see what you think, you know, because you don't have to bet to understand how these ridiculous things that happen that affect the gambling line would be entertaining. And it was serendipitous because not long after our show started, the Supreme Court kind of cleared the way for states to begin locally legalizing gambling. And now it's it's just it's become far more mainstream, um, far more places allow sports gambling, which means there are way more people legally participating i don't believe it's created this new uh, wave of people that bet just like i said when they made marijuana laws legal and people didn't just wake up one like some some middle-aged housewife or middle-aged husband didn't wake up someday in colorado and go hey you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna run down to the corner and get some get some weed so i can rip some bong hits no you probably smoked marijuana and you got it illegally and now you can just buy it legally it's just like gambling people right. bet illegally and now they can do it legally so it takes a little of the stigma off something um and, and that the timing i do think has been helpful because it has made it I think something that people are more aware of, but I do think that us doing our segment the way we did it also kind of helped bring it to the fore because nobody had ever done it as as obviously as we did it. Um, and it's it, it's the most popular segment we do. Like people, more people will comment to me about that than literally anything else we do. And uh, it was announced that you're coming back to the DC area, moving your show back yep. there. What went into that decision? Just wanted. It's as simple as that, man. I just, um, 
I'm from there. Um, my, my family's there. My mom's there. She's, you know, she's going to be 80 this summer, which is nuts. Cause if you saw my mom, you'd be like, there's no way that lady's 80. She's, she's, it's not like she's an elderly person, but she's 80 and you know, she's got grandchildren that to be closer to my mother. Um, you know, my pop passed when I was younger. So my mom's my heart. And, uh, just to be near her, um, to, to, to be back where my, my, my best friends are to be able to, you know, go to Terps games and be involved, hopefully on campus and, and a, a little bit more uh, greater capacity. Just all of the things that I care most about are there. And uh, my bosses were incredibly great, gracious to consider it. And the fact that Tony and Mike are down there doing PTI in a studio that already existed, it wasn't like, like they didn't have to build me a house. Right. It was already there. All they really had to do is just kind of like move a couch and make room for me in that house, if that makes sense. And so that was my pitch. Like, look, it's already there. I mean, just like, can we at least investigate and see if it's feasible? And, um, I was really, as I say, really grateful that they considered it. And, um, you know, starting football season next year will be set up in, in DC. And, uh, I mean, like I, I can say that out loud to you, but like the idea that it's going to really happen is nuts. Like it, it doesn't seem real to me, but that's what we're doing. And uh, the SV pod is now one of your new things that you do. So how did that come about? And how do you differentiate that when you do the podcast and then you go on SportsCenter at night? How is it different? That's a great question. Um, because my producer, uh, my producer on SportsCenter, the week that we had Steve Kerr on, he's a big Warriors fan. He's a kid from California. And so he's like, what's this? Like, so you, are you going to get Steve Kerr for the pod, but not for, not for TV, huh? He's like, that's, that's a nice trick. And I'm like, I figured we're going to talk Kobe. We probably had, you know, we went 20 minutes with Kerr. We don't have 20 minutes to do on TV. I, I, I want to go deeper with the conversation. Um, and that's really what it's about, you know, the ability to have longer form conversation. We had Mark Few on this week, who was great. Um, TV interviews tend to be, uh, I mean, the longest ones we do, maybe it goes five, six minutes, but it, it doesn't go much beyond that. Uh, it's just too much if you go beyond it. So for me, the podcast was, um, I had done one with Rosillo, uh, and you know that was a chance to re, kind of um, reimagine, as the, what is the term of the moment, like uh, the radio show he and I had, and it was awesome. We did a couple, and it did these huge numbers, and I was real, we, were, we were really psyched, but then he had this awesome opportunity with The Ringer. And so he took it and that's what he should have done. So then it left me in a spot where I was like, well, crap, I wanted to do that with him. Um, I didn't know if I was going to do a podcast at all, but then I just, I realized I wanted to have a place in that space just to create, start developing something, even if it was just with me. And now Steve's doing it with me, Stanford, Steve, my sort of cohort, co-host, whatever you want to call him. Um, and you guys know what it is. It's just a chance to take something that is specifically a specific one thing maybe, and just dive in on that. And it's different. It's a different format than television. Um, it allows me to go longer, which as I am demonstrating with these answers, I'm good at, I'm good at going for a while. Um, and so it just, it's, it's just, it's just, like I said, more than anything, it's just like, Hey, look, everybody and their mother's got a podcast. Then I, I'll do one as well, and then we'll figure out what we want to do. And I look forward, and we've only done five. I look forward to talking to people that have nothing to do with sports. Um, because if, if, I, if I have the freedom to do what I want to do, then that's what I intend to do is to talk to the people that interest me, that maybe maybe it's a musician, maybe it's a writer, maybe it's 
maybe it's a student somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, whatever I want to do, uh, there's no, there's no out of bounds. There's no guardrails. That's to me is what makes that the most um, interesting space in what we're doing now. Right. And we have to ask you, of course, some questions about Maryland basketball a little bit. We Let's saw go. on Twitter, you uh, responded to the post about game day in college park. We're going to be heading up to Michigan state this weekend uh, to cover mm-hmm. the game. They were having game day there. Do you think that there's a possibility that they can, you know, still have it on the 29th in college park? Oh yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I mean, yes, the, I, I think it's, I think it's, I mean, I guess we got to see what happens between now and then, but um, there's some logistical questions just about, about, the football side, you can do games that are on whatever network, but mm-hmm. the basketball piece is harder because other networks aren't going to let you just plop your set down in the right. middle of their of their court. So, I mean, there's a bit about what network's covering it. Well, the right network is covering the game in College Park. Um, I think it's, I think it's it's, it's going to be the best game of the day. Right. Like yeah. looking at it logistically, and listen. I, look, I, I'll be just be candid here. I've talked to the people that are part of game day. They know that if they come there, it will be a scene. And they're in the business of doing a show, you know? Like, where can you have your best show? And I told them, I said, you go to College Park in 2005, you know, buckle up, because they'll be ready to rumble um, in a good way. Not They're not going to show up and act like crazy people, but actually they would. Like, I, I think that would be the best venue for it based on the games I see on the slate. So, um Doing the same two teams um, twice in three weeks maybe would seem like a, a long shot, but I also it's it's the venue. It's coming back to Maryland. It's the fact that Maryland is is ranked where they're ranked and fits in where they fit in in the grand scheme. I'm not sitting here guaranteeing it's happening. I can't do that. I I don't. They don't know where they're going, but I know that they're looking at it as as you know a very viable uh, spot to go for all the reasons I just said. They know. They know that Maryland basketball is a big deal, and they know that game day showing up would would be. I think it'd be the best crowd they've had all year. I really do, um, and I think they're aware of the fact that it could be that. So, we'll see. Would you hop in on it if they were to do it in College Park? I'm coming to the game, so I mean, you know, uh, I, I don't like. I'm coming not in a work capacity, so I mean, you know, I mean, if, you know, if they want if they, I don't know. If they if, if they come and they say would you come by and do something I mean I maybe it depends on what it is you know I gotta I gotta I got I got schedules to you know keep up right. I gotta go see my guy John Brown at Bentley's you know I mean if, uh, if they can work around my Bentley schedule then maybe I can make it happen. So how far are your prediction on how far Maryland will actually go in this season? It, it, we got to see who they play. I mean it's all bracket related. I'll say this. Uh, and I, everybody I know that, that covers the sport feels the same as me. Um, this year, as we know, it's 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 a pretty wide open feeling. Maryland's on the list of teams that has what it takes to get to Atlanta. Like they could make it. Could they win four games? They absolutely could. Um, I also think, given the second half the other night against a team that had lost eight straight games in Nebraska, they have the ability to have those stretches where they, they don't score, that they can lose early. Um, we all hope that doesn't happen. I, I Being at Illinois and seeing the way they won that game, it feels different. Uh, it feels like they're equipped with a different sort of toughness than, than maybe past teams have had. Um, so, like, 
I got to see who they play. I mean, I'll always like. I'm sure when I'm sure when the seedings come out, whether Mar- whatever line Maryland's on, I'm going to convince myself whoever they play is scary as hell because it always is. But I'll also convince myself that there's a path for them to get to Atlanta. And I was in Atlanta in 2002 when they won a title. So there's a little bit about the, you know, the path and where it leads right. that that makes you get a little bit nostalgic and and hope. I just I I really believe that however many teams are on that could win enough to get to Atlanta, like. They're on that list. Jay Billis today put him like he listed tiers of teams and he had 10 teams that could win the title and he had Maryland on it. I think that's reasonable. I think that's who Maryland basketball is. And I get that there's a lot of people out there that carry around all this scar tissue about the past and what didn't happen. I would say to those people, if you want to spend right now being pissed off about the past, then you're hopeless because what they are right now is something different. And if, 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 if right now doesn't make you happy because the past still makes you sad, then what's the point in being optimistic about the future? There's no point. Then just sit around and be pissed off about the past all the time. I just I don't get people like that, you know, and just in general, we've got right now, you know, we've got right now. And what right now is, is Maryland's a top 10 team. And right now they're first in the Big Ten. If that doesn't make you happy, then nothing that Maryland basketball is ever capable of doing or being will make you happy. So try to be happy because I am. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I mean, especially with just such a wide open field this year. I mean, and, you know, we've looked at it at the site all year. Just there's so many aspects of this team that are different. At the beginning of the year, we really thought it would be depth. But something I wrote this week was really looking at it's the fact of like that game at Illinois that they're able to come back. They've had three 14 point comebacks this year, two that were in the second half. Mark Turgeon team has never been able to do that. And both of their losses in the postseason last year were because they went down 14 points and couldn't ever come back. So there's just so many aspects of this team that seem different. And like you said, there's a certain feeling just knowing that it's back in Atlanta where they want it. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I just, I just think it's, it's just a general approach in life. You can choose to be optimistic or pessimistic. I, I choose to be optimistic and then they're giving you reasons to be optimistic. You know, Jalen Smith's excellent. Anthony Cowan's excellent. Like your, your two best players are exactly what you want. If you're picking like, what do you want? I want a great point guard who can shoot. I want a versatile big. Uh, who can block shots, rebound, hit threes, score, and transition, run. I mean, like, give me those two, you know? And, and then it's it's really like the other night, Wiggins hit a couple of shots. Like, if, if he plays great, they, they've got a chance. Sorry. Sorry, I was getting a phone call there. Um, they, they, I mean, they, they, there's reasons to be optimistic. Again, it, there are people that I think are, are still, you know, they hang on to the past, and they, but I just don't get that. The analogy I made to somebody is like, if, if you – like, and I remember being a college student, like never having any money in my pocket. But like, if I found a 20, like, would I, would I be happy I had 20 bucks in my pocket? Or would I be like, man, I, for the longest time, I didn't have any money. Why well, be bummed out that you didn't have any money? You got 20 in your pocket, man. You got 20 bucks in your pocket. Like, you know, be happy, be happy. Don't cry about not, not having five bucks yesterday. You got 20 bucks now. So I don't know, maybe that analogy doesn't hold water, but it makes sense to me. I, we're good. Maybe we lose Saturday. If we if Maryland loses Saturday, they lose. Whatever. It, it's hard to win in this league, okay? And right now, Maryland's in first. They're going to be in the tournament. It's just a question of what seed they're going to be. So, you know. Oh, and by, by the way, like, nice crowd Tuesday. What was it? What is it, exams? Was it bad weather? What the hell was that? What, the crowds what are aren't always that. They're great sometimes, but, like, some games, like, they were ranked like seven in the country and people weren't showing up because it was like non-conference. It's like, it doesn't matter if it's non-conference or seventh in the country. And it's still sometimes the same thing. So I guess maybe I was, Nebraska, the other night I don't was, know. The other night, 
I, the other night was garbage, man. Garbage. You, you got to do better than that. My God, the walls got spaces in it. Like, I mean, I, I hope it was exam week or something. If, if it wasn't, then, you know, somebody's got to answer to me for that because that was unacceptable. You mentioned Bentley's a couple minutes ago. One of your catchphrases, or two of your catchphrases, one, let's go to Bentley's, the other, put it on John Brown's tab. How did you come up with those? I, when, when, I mean, it just, when something good happened back in the day, you just go to Bentley's and John Brown <laughs> is now my friend. And so I like to give John a hard time. And, you know, listen, he, he, we, we, John is a dear friend. So I just think it's funny to say, put it on John Brown's tab just because he's like, Every, like after a particularly big night, they'll say, you know, that like, you know, we, we end up with a house check that people try to put people show up and like legitimately try to put stuff on my tab. And I'm like, you know, you probably could cover it. Right, John. I mean, it's a couple it's a couple of a couple of light beers, a couple of rail drinks. You'll probably be OK. But I mean, Bentley's was just always a place that, you know, even back in my day was the spot. And so uh, I just think it's 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 just. The thing I say when Maryland wins, because now it's like that's just the first thing I think of. And I just like heckling John because, as I said, he's my buddy and he's got enough money. <laughs> Have you tried any of the newer bars in College Park? Like, and no. how do they compare? Like, is Bentley always going to be the go-to? <laughs> I have a wife. I have a wife, okay? I'm married to my wife. Like... Have I have I had lunch with any of the new girls in te- No, I <laughs> Bentley's is my wife. I am married to Bentley's. What am I going to go to? I'm going to go to Looney's. No, no disrespect. You know, uh, or or like the Cornerstone. Like the Cornerstone was the Vu. Okay, back in the day, it was the Vu with dirty, filthy floors. It was a, it was a pigsty, but it was our pigsty. So. When they changed it to like a nice place with respectable, clean environment with like flat screens on the wall, I have no time for that. I got to go to Bentley's, you know, Bentley still smells the same, which isn't great, but it's, you know, Bentley's is Bentley's. I'm not going anywhere else. Hell no. I think Bentley's is Matt's go-to. Yeah, that, that would be they, my... my guy. My man. <laughs> exactly. I'll see you there. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us and taking the time. We're excited to see you at some more Maryland games this year and, uh, Excited to see you following the Terps, and we always appreciate, you know, with the shout-outs on Twitter and some of the other stuff like that. So thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. It's, it's my pleasure. It's uh, just I want to give you a shout-out, Lyle. I appreciate, you know, your, uh, you know, what you're doing, and I admire the fact that you that you all both are, are doing what you're doing. As I told you at the start, you're way more um, – you just got way more on the ball right now than I did at this time, and uh, I appreciate you asking and being persistent with me there's a fine line in this business with being persistent and i have to do it like being persistent with a guest i want to have on where you don't want to be a pain in the ass and you managed to just be hey like we'd love to have you on but you weren't like bombarding me to the point that i thought oh god i you know no but you're you're a terp i we met a couple of years ago and i think what you're doing is awesome so keep being awesome and it's my pleasure to do this and i look forward to seeing you at michigan state maybe game day i'll be there we shall see All right, thank you. Have a good day. You guys too. Go Terps.